taking us live and doing it late. Uh, yeah, because that's me. Um, or wait, no, not that late. Yeah. Dylan just popped in, so we're about right. I got super distracted. Nope, that wasn't what I had intended to do. I got super distracted uh, by this bus cockpit. By what? All right, so I'm playing Bus Simulator, right? Uh, you okay? And sure. I was like, okay, how complicated is this going to be? And there's like 50 switches in this fucking bus cockpit. Okay. As there are, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I think I picked the wrong bus. I think I should have just gone with the, the smallest of the three, which was a Mercedes. I don't I, see. I went with the one that was the biggest and uh, am now concerned that oh, yeah? I made the wrong choice. Like city bus or school bus or Greyhound? Uh, no, like I, mean, a, kind of... I don't Apparently you, you are starting like, a bus company. Like a touring bus kind of thing? Like... Um, I, I don't know. I, I just picked the bus. I haven't done anything yeah. yet. It was free. I got to tell you, uh, no, the only game I played was Snap. And winning 10 games with Star-Lord in my deck was kind of a pain in the ass. Really? Well, I just built a Guardians deck and, you know, go through it. But it's just like, you know, oh, good. I'm, I'm going to win. It's the sixth turn. I got Rocket and Gamora in my hand. I'll just drop those. And that's a nice big swing. And then they play some crazy shit on the other side. And it fucks me over. Oh, I... I, I mean, I, I, it probably took me 20 games to get 10. How's that? Okay. That's... Yeah, I was going to say it probably took me about 15 games... It was just like, come on. I just threw them in a regular deck and played my games like normal. Yeah, I I, I just built a deck because I didn't have him in anything. And it's funny, he's like one, especially now, I just got another variant. He's like one of the cards I have like the most variants for. Nice. I have like a pixel, his normal. I got the one that looks like a... Starry Night painting behind him. Uh, we got the baby. Well, the Scotty Young one. Yeah. And I got another one, I think. Probably got the season pass one. Yeah, I just got that one today. But I'm sorry, I jumped on your bus simulator. No, it's fine. It's, it's, I, big, I, it's big and it's 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 uh, it's big and it's complicated, and I couldn't even figure out how to get the thing out of fucking park and moving. So <laughs> I'm I'm I'll fuck around with that another time. I can't believe that there's an actual bus simulator game. There's farm simulator. Why would there be a bus there's simulator? Simulator. I like, do you do you not remember when I was doing the lawn mowing simulator? No, I remember that. Okay, I mean, yeah, that's, we 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 died a little bit inside for that one. Yeah. I'm still not done with that. I I intend to platinum that. Is uh is the reason they changed it from ten to seven cubes because there's so many people sitting at infinite playing the same people <laughs> over and over and over and over? Pretty much. Yeah, I figured. It's... I hit infinite Tuesday of week two. 
Yeah, when you're watching uh, streamers, and you're like, oh, yep, same guy for the eighth time in a row. Yep. Well, the problem is then I'm just sitting there playing the same people at the lower level and going 50-50 and not moving anywhere. Yeah, that was that, my experience that, today. That's my problem. I, I start to have a good run, and then it's just like right back where – I mean – <laughs> the, the one day you said I ended my day at 63, of course, I started at 70. That felt like my day every day. Right. I get no, up, I, I be was... at 48, and I'm like, cool, I'm knocking on 50. You know, oh, I just crossed 49. Oh, look, I'm 43 again. Yeah. I started the season at 60 because um, I was at 99 to end last season. And then I think I'm at like 62 right now. Okay. And I've played somewhat consistently. It's just I play to do the missions every day. It was really all I all I pay play. I don't. I mean, I was sixty this morning, and I got up to sixty two only because it was lower, and I got an eight on one game. So. Yeah, I got an eight on one game. That was that's pretty satisfying. When you get an eight cuber and you you you're gonna go up to the next level, no matter what. No matter what, that's pretty great. I had more times where it was just a bunch of 50-50, not doing anything extra. Like, I have gotten lose, to the point in Snap where I will play a game with one deck, and whether I won or lose, switch to a different deck. Yeah, I feel like that's... I, it, I, I feel that's got to be part of the algorithm. It just feels like as soon as I play that other deck again, <clears throat> you know... I'm going against something with with six cosmos in the stack, and I'm playing Patriot. Yeah, I I used uh, Sarah Hit Monkey and Silver Surfer. Yeah, I mean, I'm running Sarah Hit Monkey today. That's what I've. Like I said, it's it's a net positive, but it was so slow that it was like. I mean, prior to today, today was a little better, but like, yeah, I've been running the Sarah Hip Monkey and I'll feel good, but not good enough to snap. And then it's like 50 50. My... It's a bunch of retreats and then I lose two and a bunch of retreats and I lose two and I go up like four total cubes. Yeah. My Mr. Negative deck is, you know, pretty consistent but i have to i have to retreat a lot if it starts off and you know i go turn three and i i don't see anything i gotta stop it's not I, this deck is the works to perform a certain way if i don't have one of the cards i need by turn three i'm done well, it's well, like a lot of retreating right and then I'll, I'll hit times where it's like i won't draw hit monkey three games in a row and there's still some other stuff i can do but then it was also the extra location where it's like turn five only. Cool. Dude, I Milano was shit. Oh, I had turn turn five only and Avengers compound in the same fucking game. Which one's that? That's the one you can you on turn five you have to play there. Oh, okay. I had yeah, a game. I was getting that with the plus one cost on turn five. Oh, for it's like cool. Sake. So I can only play there that time. But it's all costing one more. So you can't play Sarah there. Correct. Which means right. Sarah is now no longer an option. And 
yeah. even if I do, you know, two things, Hitmonkey's not going to be great. No. And then I can't, like, it sucks to play um, Kitty Pride there because she's going away back to your hand. So right. it's pointless to play her there on turn five. So, yeah. She seems pretty decent. Uh, I haven't played her. I've just played against a lot of people playing her. Um, um I, I have a deck. So if if you wanted to climb tonight while we were recording, I will paste a deck in chat. Uh, um I've done pretty well with it today. I just got central. Oh, I got like three fucking new cards today. Yeah, because yeah, everything dropped last night. Five well, cards dropped to pool <laughs> yesterday. Well, yeah, I had I got Shadow King because it was my just claim it, and there's only two cards in that pool three that I didn't have. Shadow King was one of them, yeah, and the other one was Sentry, and I got him from a chest. Yep, and, and I got Kitty Pride, so it's like I got a bunch of cards to level up now. Cool. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it's very much what I had because... Oh, wait. No, not that one. Don't play that one. That one's dumb. It was Shadow King. I think there... I'll have to check what everything that dropped dropped. Um, I think there might have been one other card in there besides Shadow King that I don't have. Um, oh, that's yeah. it. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kitty Never Pride. Mind. Kitty Pride, Shadow King, Sentry, and then I got the Star-Lord Star <laughs> variant. So, nice. You know. That's basically, you know, new cards yeah. I've gotten in the last hour, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that deck is the deck I was playing. I didn't see Gamora at first. The uh, yeah. the only thing I, I had, I, I had one game today that I would even want to talk about. The rest of them were either completely unimpressive or I, I somehow got hoodwinked in a mirror match. Because I didn't see them. I didn't see that it was a mirror match until he dropped Sarah. Oh, are you playing Sarah Hitmonkey? Uh, I was bouncing between a couple different Sarah decks. Okay. Uh, but my best win of the day uh, only came together on turn six when I killmongered all, uh, all the Infinity Stones as he drops his Thanos. It was beautiful. Nice. It completely wiped his his side. Did they change that Thanos? Like he has. They have to be in play now. Power Stone has to be in play. Power Stone. Power Stone. Okay. Everything else just has to have been played. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. That's why they play the Power Stone last. Yeah. Because I, I, I have Th Thanos now, and I've played him a bit, but I was playing him with a uh, um. I forget what fucking bullshit deck I had. Going now, is him. that part of it new? No, I don't okay. think so. I just didn't know. I, like I said, I just got it. I so rarely, I if I get all six, I rarely are playing Thanos as well. So it usually ends up being I'll play Thanos <laughs> and five of the stones, or I'll play all six stones and some other stuff, but not Thanos. So, yeah, I don't know where I got it. It's a like Hood, Titania, Daredevil, Viper, Green Goblin, Polaris. Spider-Man, Blue Marble, Devil, Dinosaur, Professor X, Valkyrie, and Thanos. Yeah, I've seen that. It, it seems to work. Room. It's 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 a toolbox. It seems like. Yeah. But my most consistent deck and the one I have the most fun playing is my Jane Jaw one. 
Lockjaw yeah. and Jane Foster yeah. and Thor and you got Wasp and Mbaku in there and you know then you have Infinite Gig uh, Giganto and Magneto to throw to your Dracula. I am just not a fan of Lockjaw. Like even before the the change to Lockjaw, that's just the the thing that sucks about that deck is I sit around till turn three. I just don't do anything. I don't want to play Mbaku because I don't want to waste him. I don't want to put him in play. I want to drop him in on uh, Lockjaw so he goes back in the deck. Right. But I, I did come across a, a deck I just call Teeth. And it's... Uh, there's uh, eight one-drops. Okay. Uh, Black Cat, Dracula, Strong Guy, and Infinite. <coughs> And you okay. just you just litter the field the last two turns or three turns. Like turn three, you drop a couple ones. Four, you drop Dracula. Uh, five, you drop Strong Guy in a, in a one. And then turn six, you drop a bunch of stuff. Hope you have Infinite in your hand. He gets killed to the Dracula. And Strong Guy gets stronger. I've won like half a dozen games with it, and I've only played like ten. It's it's fun just to watch it because there's, I mean, the one drops are all utility. The only one I yeah. don't understand is Deadpool because I got no way to kill him. Right. He's just a one drop. I would trade. I would trade him for like Nebula or Kitty Pride right now. So, that's the Kitty Pride deck that I've been tinkering with. But at Infinite, uh, I decided. I wanted to have some fun with the destroy deck because I like destroy. Um, Beast doesn't does Beast make one drop zero? Yes. So if you bring her back with Beast, you you <clears throat> cut her cost. Yes. And she retains uh, that throughout. A nerf Beast because of course. No, I mean Beast is the only way to cut her cost though. Right. But I don't. I don't think they're gonna put minimum one on some bullshit because they nerf everything else. That's fun. No, I, everything else I can see why they've done it. I don't see a reason to nerf Beast's interaction with Kitty Pride. Yeah. I mean. Well, I guess because if you bring her back at Z or like you bring her back that way, he doesn't get the plus two that turn. So yes, she does. Oh, does she? Yep. Anytime he turns your hand, not just and at the start of the turn. Okay. Correct. I didn't know with the way they swap that if it was only. Yep. Now and gain plus two. Before. When before she got removed from the game, if you beast her back, she didn't get the plus two. Okay. But but now she gets the plus two if you beast her back. She comes back automatically at the beginning of every turn. Right. I knew the automatic because it was the only way to keep it all straight without right. breaking the game. Right. Yeah, I like... I like the change to her. I think it's a little less, less hands-on, but you're putting her where you want and she's coming back to your hand for you to put her where you want again, whatever. Right. 
And you can't forget to get her. You can't fuck it up by making it interfere with something else. Yep. Right. It sucks seems... if you have something you want to play that costs six on turn six, but that's why I run weird situations. Yeah, that's why I run her with Beast. Right. But yeah, I've been uh, I've been playing that destroy deck. Uh, you don't destroy anything until turn six, ideally. If everything goes to plan. So no outside, death. No, no death. No, your goal is to get uh, Nova, Bucky, Wolverine, Shuri, and Nimrod down somewhere. And then on turn six, you use Carnage Ven and Venom. Venom and Carnage or Deathlock and Carnage. Like, ideally, yeah. you want to use Venom because you basically end up with five Nimrods on the board. Yeah. And you're you're trying really hard to Shuri Nimrod and then. I played against somebody Venom. doing that earlier. Yeah. And it caught me off guard. I'm like, oh, that's fucking genius. I like that. Yeah. yeah I, I was... didn't like it at the time, but afterwards, I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool. That's that wouldn't be hard was... to wouldn't be it, it can't be hard to orchestrate because you have enough no. kills in in the right in the deck that you should be able to have hold two in your hand. Yes. Um, it's one of those things where there's so many decks where I see something go off against me and I'm like, oh man, that's so cool. And it's like, but I'm never gonna do it consistent enough to build the deck and try and run it. So that one seems like it would be consistent enough. Because yeah. like, whenever that happens, I don't know that their deck just didn't go off that game. So right. I don't know why they lost on certain things. But when you see the cool part of it go off, it's like, oh, what do that? That's part of the reason why I added Sentry to mine. Uh, because I was running... Is it a good thing for Venom to eat? Uh, yeah, you can... If you don't get Nimrod, he's a good thing for Venom to eat. If you don't get Nimrod, you can still get extra. If you have like Venom Carnage at the end of the turn, you just eat the fucking void with Carnage. Yeah. Or it, Death Deathlock. Deathlock. Yeah. Is Master yeah. Mold still Pool Five? Yes, yeah. Uh, no, drop to Pool Four. Oh. Oh, okay. he did. Cool. Cool. Did you just hit him. Yep. He's pretty pretty sweet. I. Oh. He's got his uses. Okay, um, I'm I'm taking a picture to pop this in chat because holy fucking shit. Uh yeah. Yeah, my 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 luck is going well with the Borderlands start over. Oh, Borderlands. Um Yeah, I feel like Jeff is going to be one of those things that doesn't drop as quickly. Yeah. Like not permanent, but like slower. I haven't yeah. seen a lot of Howard the Duck uh, Iron Lad. I saw a shit ton of Iron Lad when he well, first came out. I haven't seen Howard Duck. Yeah, they all spend all their tokens on yeah, Iron Lad. Now they can't get... So they did announce... Well, it was data mined and then the developers confirmed because it is next week. They did reduce the High Evolutionary's power. Okay. He's a 4-4 four, four instead of... Wow, at 72 too. Nice. Yeah. I just hit 72 this morning. Uh, literally the first boss I went and killed after hitting 72. I got a... Uh, uh, Ooh, it's bouncing. That sucks. 
It's bouncing. It's a cloning maddening tracker. Yeah, I didn't know that. that oh, yeah. Does it always have bouncing? Yeah. That's oh. why it splits into two. It spawns three Mervs, and then it, it hits everything three times. That's why it's so good. Yeah, I know. I know why she likes it. Uh, yeah. Because she take she heals for each time it does damage. But does it do damage? If it does damage against you, does she heal? No. Okay. No. It, it generally it'll down you if you're playing right. Yeah. yeah. But that's okay. I I'm actually even I'm okay with the anoint because. Because I just hit 72, uh, I'm playing an Iron Bear only build right now so that I can play <laughs> Mayhem 10 and try and get gear. Well, how do you throw a grenade then? Uh, look oh. at the Anoint. Oh. Oh. Oh, I get you. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, is, that is a get for a first run through. Yeah, yeah. I got a cut purse rocket boots this morning. Oh, you fucker. I know. <laughs> oh, no, no. Cut, cut purse launch pad was the one. That's that, K6's favorite. I like cut that, purse rocket boots. What's That's the one where you slide and it shoots off, right? Yeah, rocket boots is slide. Uh, launch cut pad purse is slam. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that cut purse launch pad is uh, like infinite ammo so's so's rocket boots you just have to you just have to slide but as jeff can attest to uh early on in in the in the game mo's like right after all the nerfs mo's was kind of struggling to find some damage so i was trying to do this snow drift ladder gun Org sticky mo's. Well, as soon as I saw the picture of the vending machine, I thought I, I didn't see it was the grenades. I thought you were saying you got a, a bang stick or something. I was like, oh, no, no. I uh, so Jeff sat here after a podcast one night and gave me uh, in depth tutorials on how to slide better. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> But once I was able to get it down, like I could like, cause that was back like original mayhem mayhem four was the cap. I could go into Gigamine, uh, stick him up, slide, hit reload. And he would be dead before my slide was over. That's cool. I remember your slides were so bad. They were <laughs> I'm so bad at sliding. It's awful. Yeah. But you well, never you, you, you never played Zane, so it, it right. made sense why your slides were not good. That and you don't have the a fancy controller like uh K six and them have with the buttons on the back of it. Right. I'm actually thinking about uh trying to convince my family to pull money together for my birthday so that I can have a scuff. I really Father's don't. Day. No, I've got. I am. Yeah. I'm shelling out so much money this month and next month. I I don't need to try and get something like that for. What's Father's this Day. month? Oh, 
Graduation party in there. Yeah. Graduation party. Graduation gift. Because we are getting her a laptop to go to college with. Kind of necessity. Yeah. We got one a laptop and we bought basically refurbished one from uh, top to bottom. Yeah. But their junior year, we probably, they're probably due for a new one. Yeah. I, those weren't, those weren't brand new when they had them, when they got them. So. Yeah. I found a really nice, uh, HP envy, uh, good price. Um, and since she's like, she's not doing graphic design, she's not doing video stuff. Yeah. She just needs a word process and get on the internet. Well, I mean, she would like to be able to record music with it. Okay. But so she needs good Ram. What is she going to school for? She's going to school for music production. Okay. Yeah. So kind of necessity. Yeah. But you know, uh, enough Ram, um, a focus, right? Uh, Scarlet box and she's, she's good to record. So I did have something I wanted to talk about today. Sure. Okay. So, uh, one of my favorite kind of music commentary, YouTube people, uh, his, he goes by fluff. His name is Ryan Bruce. He's a touring musician. Um, he does all kinds of just like really cool, you know, industry type videos throughout the week. Uh, this morning he did a video um, about tube amps. Does anyone here know what a tube amp is? Yeah, if I lean over far enough, I can look at one. Okay. Well, you know. Okay. Do, Jeff or D, do you know what a tube amp is? I mean, I, I am Jeff, but okay. Or, I'm sorry, Dylan. Is D. No. Let's see no, how I this, don't. Let's see how this progresses. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a stroke. It's okay. D and Ray. God damn. No, I, I, I will play ignorance on music stuff. So a, a tube amp. Uh, Are you saying tube amp or tube vamp? Tube. B. B. Okay. I know what a tube amp is. Okay. Okay. I thought you were saying a tube vamp. I'm like, like two yeah. slutty girls. I don't get it. So a, a tube amp. Uh, is becoming the uh, the the dodo bird, so to speak, in the music industry now. Uh, most musicians, when they go touring, are playing into some sort of modeling amp processor kind of thing, uh, or running like direct signal out of the guitar into their effects pedals, and then to the the, the PA system. Nobody uses an amp on stage anymore. And he was talking about, you know, they had a couple of younger bands on the tour. They, he was talking to fans that were coming to shows. And he said the overwhelming majority of young people, and he defined young people as people early 20s and younger, not only have never played through a tube amp, Many of them have never played through a normal amplifier. 
everything has been like direct signal into a laptop or into, you know, a phone or something like that. So, you know, sometimes kids will have like a practice amp at home, maybe, but nobody even thinks about these wonderful, beautiful sounding tube amplifiers. Uh, number one, because they are expensive to buy. Uh, and number two, they're very expensive to maintain. Is your life in danger? No, it's the dogs. They're being dumb. Okay. And then to top that all off, like if you are a, a small up and coming to touring band, What's easier to travel in a 15 passenger van where all of your gear is in the back of the van where the back seat would be or a 15 passenger van with towing a trailer? Um, I, I, I hated story problems in school and I just well, have the answer. I mean, the, the simplest solution is you just get in the van. Oh, okay. If you Do don't have, have candy? I mean, that, that never works for me. <laughs> I, I can never convince anybody of that, but sure. No, but like if you're if you're a touring band, like the if you take out guitar amplifiers and a bass amplifier and associated speakers, you get a you bunch have, of drums. Yeah, you've got drums, guitar cases, laptops, and maybe a box that holds cables that's it like when when my band would just go play a show at in like cleveland or something not not a show where we were providing pa we still had to pack a fucking trailer so it, it's just like, I guess it's a sign of the times, a sign of the age. I don't know, something. But like when he said that the. Is that going to make one of those lists of 15 things millennials are ruining and may never come back? On millennials. I don't even like, I don't know if I have a serious problem with the fact that millennials are quote unquote killing the two band market. I mean, isn't that technically better for not going deaf? depending on where you stand? Uh, I mean, it is better to have everything run into the PA and then you're wearing in-ear monitors. Like, you get a better, like, understanding of what's going on musically because you're not trying to hear through monitors sitting on the stage in front of you while your amps are behind you. I'm sorry, guys. I gotta... I'll be back. Like, the quality of the performance is better because you don't have all that going on. Um, the guitar sound is going to be better because you don't have, you know, some dumbass on stage trying to, you know, make his shit louder than the other guy on stage. Right. Um, well, a lot of people are doing some of the looping and stuff for live right. stuff now for. Right. I mean, backing tracks are a thing. And that's I, I can rant about the boomers who have a problem with that as well. I mean, that's part of it is just the sheer number of 
people that have to practice alone. Like people aren't getting together to practice in garages anymore. Right. They but I mean stuff individually and then coming together a couple of times instead of right. four hours I mean, every day after school. I am a okay if the zoomer market craters the price of fucking tube amplifiers. Because if they crater the price of tube amplifiers, the price of solid state amplifiers will crater shortly behind that. And my, uh, I, I hesitate to call it a dream amp because it, like, it's not like it's super expensive, but if I were going to buy another guitar amp, because I, I do have one and it works just fine, but it, say I was going to get into a band and play shows locally or something again, the amp I have right now for guitar would not cut it. Um, the amp that I would like to get, I would love to see the price come down on. And only because, like, I don't want to spend a thousand dollars. Like, will the price come down, or will they just stop selling them, and then the price will go up because they're? Oh, rare? no, no. the The price will come down. the The amp that I want hasn't been made since the nineties. Oh, okay. But <clears throat> it's it's an iconic amplifier. Uh, I God, I I would love to have one. It's a Roland Jazz Chorus. The amp itself has one effect on it. It has chorus. It has a built-in chorus effect. That's it. It's just a clean tone, two-speaker combo amp. It's big. It's heavy. But if you think about, like, iconic guitars on albums in the 90s and early 2000s, the sound you're hearing on the album is coming from a Roland Jazz Chorus, JC uh, JC One Thousand. Like I mean, and I mean, we're talking everybody from like Stone Temple Pilots all the way up through Limp Biscuit. Like all these guys were using this amp it's because not a huge range. What's that? That's not a huge range. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's it's rock music that that spans from grunge to new metal, and that that doesn't even account like the random weird people that I wouldn't expect you to know. <laughs> like, this was a jazz amp originally, but everybody realized it just had the best clean tone out there, and if you wanted distortion, well, you just put a fucking stomp box in front of it, and boom, you've got distortion is what most people did anyways. Very few people actually use the distortion that's in their amp unless they're paying like $6,000 for a Mesa Boogie tube amp. And that's, I mean, that's, see how much a Mesa Boogie tube amp is right now. I mean, this, this is the big thing. Like tube amps right now to say that they are a luxury item is it's it's not out of the realm of reality to say that okay so i hate sweet water why did i click on that link okay here we go I'm looking at Guitar Center. I'm looking at used. 
a used Mesa Boogie 2 amplifier. Now, mind you, this is just the amplifier. You still have to buy a speaker cabinet. $1,500 uh, for that one. That is a just a dual rectifier. A Mark 7 Mesa Boogie is $3,500 used. Uh, let's see. I don't know if Guitar Center sells new or not or for Mesa Boogie. Let's see. Oh, they do. Uh, okay, brand new Mesa Boogie dual rectifier, 100 watt amp. Just the head is three grand. If you want to get a matching Mesa Boogie speaker cabinet, that's another $2,000. This is the one with the distortion you were talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like. Do they still, they, so the one that you want, the jazz one, they do not make anymore. So there are no more new nope. ones. Nope. Okay. There is no new ones. And I'm okay with that. Like most of these surviving jazz choruses were taken care of. Like I'm not worried about buying a used amp and, you know, shit, it's ruined. It's, uh, uh I mean, is it something I, that you're seriously looking for or just, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not seriously looking for it right now. I probably will here in a little bit. Like, uh, I don't know if I've, I've mentioned, uh, my buddy Ben that I was in the band with is moving back to the area this summer. Okay. Uh, so we have uh, talked about, you know, just playing music, not like playing out or Sure, sure. a band or anything like that just playing music shoot over the details i mean yeah. when you start looking for one my uncle is he's got an entire recording studio in his basement and was really like his like 75 guitars like okay he's got a ridiculous setup of things but he knows a lot of people talks to a lot of people people randomly walk up to him and offer to sell him stuff because they know he collects some of that stuff and uh, if you're looking for one, I can have him check once you're ready. Yeah. Okay. I will send this to you in a separate message right now. He had a really cool, like, weird, because I guess guitars, they just kind of made, you know, we're going to make 40 of these and see if they sell, just like <laughs> more type of thing. Right. Um, but he had, like, some kind of bass guitar with, like, the wizard body and some, like, strange neck and something else. That some nice. dude was like, yeah, I haven't used this for a long time. And it was just like laying around. I don't wow. know. Kid had it and he left or whatever. Or, yeah. So like he had it professionally, got like a new refinished like paint job and everything on it. But like, it's like a five grand guitar that he got for like 200 bucks because nobody knew what it was. That's amazing. But it's because they had so many different things where. They just had people going, I'm going to take part of this guitar and part of this guitar at the factory and slap yep. it together and see what happens. Yep. That's how some of the iconic guitars of the 70s and 80s came together. Yeah. So, but yeah, this looks very much like it would be a 70s weird heavy metal band <laughs> bass guitar. Nice. Yeah, I sent that over to you. It's, I mean... Okay. 
if you look at it, it's like a pretty, it's a pretty unimpressive looking amplifier by all accounts. But I have never in my life heard an amp that I like just the, the clean, unfiltered sound of more than that. Okay. I mean, we'll see him probably for like Memorial Day. I'll let him know like okay. in the future if he hears about him or knows of somebody, just keep that yeah. name in mind and we'll see what happens. But cool. He's the one person I know that would be talking to people that isn't going to be like you're fishing through random secondhand right. stores and everything. Yeah, I saw one at Music Go Round like uh, when my dad was in the hospital. It was killing time because there's a Music Go Round right down there by that hospital he was at. Okay. And like it sounded fine. It, it you know, was everything that I would expect sound wise. But that amp had had a super hard life. Like, uh, yeah. it, it was a little rougher than what I'd be looking to go. Now, the price was right. Price was like $450. But I would have had to essentially build an entire new cabinet for it to sit in. So were the cabinets, like, super hard or technical to build type of thing? Or... Uh, no, no, they're not. It just, at, at that time, that was not something that I thought I would ever be able to accomplish. Oh, okay. Like it's, it's essentially just really what's yeah. that. I don't know if it was like the fucking stills you used to make gin out of. Like you've got <laughs> the correct exact thing here. And if this isn't right here, then it's not worth it. Or you'll nope. never trade it because they use a special wood. And we no, most. Most of them are made out of uh, two sheets of LDF uh, glued together for thickness. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was always like, oh, no, that's like really hard. That's that's not something I think I could ever do. And now I look at it and I'm like, oh, no, this is totally something I could do. It's it's hilarious. Yeah. The things Part of that it's people just do. being able to be like, oh yeah, I've done a lot of similar things now, and yeah, can't be that hard to do most of what I did before. No, nope. a little extra. So, so, but yeah, I just I I wanted to talk about Zoomers are killing the uh, tube amplifier market because boomers think that uh, a tube amp. Now here here's the thing: like if you play a tube amp on tour, say you play like a three month tour. And you play, you know, an average of like three shows a week. You're going to have to replace tubes at least one time on that tour. Because the, you know, the, the amps being moved and it's jostled and those tubes are finicky and they're fucking expensive. If oh, so you, once you have it, you're still going to have to buy more tubes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those tubes wear out, break, crack. God forbid you have something happen like. Uh, you know, you're fucking moving it and it, you don't have it in the super plush case or whatever, and it bounces off of something. If a tube cracks inside the amp, you could be looking at the cost of all the tubes. Plus, uh, I don't know, uh, probably a $500 bill to take it to a special 
person who is is good at what they do to get that busted tube out of there. Seems like you should just get really good at fixing these things and uh, you'd be all set. I mean, I... Do you follow the what's in this thing subreddit? What is or what's in? What's in? No. So a couple of weeks ago, this guy posted a couple of pictures. He was in his dad's workshop and in the workshop there were four boxes that were nothing but old vacuum tubes like what you would use for uh tvs guitar amps shit like that he was like how how do i safely dispose of this and everybody in for like the top six comments were all caps don't you dare dispose of those sell those on ebay now Like he was literally sitting on like five grand worth of vacuum tubes. Just because they're almost impossible to find anymore. Well, not just that, but they're, I mean, they are legit fucking expensive. And these were like old classic tubes, old guitar guys who are like super into like these tubes sound the best to do this. Like they will, they will spend the cash on that shit. Oh yeah. That makes sense. These are the tubes I used on my first guitar. Yeah, like more like these are the tubes that Jimmy Page had in his guitar amp when he recorded Black Dog or Black Star. That's about right. Okay, what I missed? Catch me up. Just recap everything you said. Okay, cool. Never mind. I don't know all that. Yeah. So there you go. That that was you know, we went over at the old we went went over it all at the old person meeting. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Good to know. So are those like weekly meetings, monthly meetings? Do you have to time them with the bowel movements? Like how does um, that work? It's uh it it's usually uh a few days after the prune shipment because we don't want anybody to have to run off like I just did. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hmm. Having trouble with hands today. I just can't draw hands. I mean, you could always just accept that they are what they are and move on. Shut up. I mean, which one of you, you, you agreed with the uh, hand thing that Jeff shared in chat the, that like, I don't know, a week ago or so. Wrong like hand. that. Oh, the worms hand thing. Yeah. Jeff. The worms and the nails. You lost me. The secret to drawing hands. Oh yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Three weeks ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. Come on. We just had old person discussion here. Oh, another fun thing is like ADHD drugs are just impossible to find now. Really? Yeah. Some of it is fine. The extended release ones are always real hard to find. (laughs) Uh, 
because mine are not in yet. Like my one set's in, my other set's not in. My kid is going to have to start taking my wife's stuff tomorrow. And the wife couldn't get her prescription changed because they just could not source them. For like the is it all the people coming across the border getting them? Yep, it's the illegals. No, God I don't know. Damn it. Like, I think they probably put some stupid fucking cap from the government on how much of certain stuff they can have at the manufacturing facility because meth heads, I'm sure. And then it turned into, oh, good, we don't have enough materials to make all of the ADHD pills that we have for all of the people that finally got diagnosed during the pandemic. And then. Huh. Basically, what that means is you're forcing a bunch of people with ADHD to remember to call in early to get their prescription refilled and then remember to call four more times to follow up and see if it came in so you can run in there and grab it before they sell it to somebody else, which is a terrible thing to do to people that can't remember things. It sounds awful. Yeah, it fucking sucks. It is every month. Like, I call it in four days before the 30-day thing is up and then I basically have to call back the next three days and hope it comes in and if it comes in early one time then it gets me an extra pill to let them fuck up the month after. There's been entire times where like I can only take my quick release afternoon pills and so I've just got to take a couple of those instead of my extended release because they are five, seven days after like day 36, 37 Wow. I'm in. And they can't prescribe more than 30 because that would be over illegal. So right. It's the dumbest fucking situation. And we go through that for three people. Yep. We are three people. Yeah. It's three different brands like one's Adderall, one's Ritalin. But yeah, it is three people. Yeah. It's, it's uh, and they're Ritalin? all three of them are on different medications. <laughs> Yeah, like we're debating taking him down to a lower level for the summer because that pill can be found slightly easier than the other pill. Like, yeah, it's bullshit. Wow. And, I mean, this is just the tip of all the other drugs that are missing from the market or not able to be produced or I don't know what the fuck's going on, but, like, I was literally reading an article earlier today about it where, not this one, but, like, literal chemotherapy drugs they're not able to find them like yep. they ran out of children's tylenol for a couple of weeks in the middle of winter antibiotics are like dangerously low stockpiles just any number of things that are just not around we're doing great yep yay for late stage capitalism like communism without the sharing. <laughs> yeah. Like communism without the sharing. It's like communism, but they feast on you. Yeah. But all your, all your, instead of all your efforts going to your fellow man, all your efforts go to one man. Well, even with the communism, it really didn't happen great, but. No, but. That was the theory. Right. If I mean, it worked in Communism perfect... is never going to work. I'm not ever arguing that communism would work. Like, human nature prevents communism from working. But we could at least have a 
it's not even a free market because there's so many tax benefits and bullshit for whoever lobbied that like there's no free market but yeah it's not going great right now and i'm i'm actually did you guys hear about florida's trucking issue their what trucking issue no the same past uh, like a uh, immigration thing that says any company with more than 25 people have to use like the federal verify system to verify people are allowed to work oh yeah that's not just trucking that's uh agriculture farming people just stop showing up at work because they're going to get deported right it's literally any company with more than 25 people like wow but what they're saying is because it's going to affect trucking and things like that like the truckers stopped bringing stuff um like immigrant truckers stopped delivering stuff to Florida and a couple of other companies have stopped in solidarity so that they don't lose their workers because real fucking hard to find truck drivers right now. So yeah, it is kind of go pissing people off and going, Oh, well that's not Florida. We're not Florida. Get the fuck back to work. And they quit. So I don't know. Did you see the John Oliver thing on trucking? I don't think anybody would want a truck. No, it does not sound good like it's it's one of those things where it's like everything looks great on paper and then you then know, you look at your own expenses uh, <laughs> right every two years it's like hey, a new five grand engine needs to be put in yeah it's like the only way only way you uh can survive or afford to be a truck driver is if you tr- drive for someone else but then you only get paid when you're actually moving and you end up sitting for 14 hours waiting for your next load and you know Toronto or something. Right. And that's lucky. And that's if you're lucky, it's just Toronto, not Alaska or some shit. Yep. It's not great. But yeah, so basically they've decided that they weren't going to uh, deliver stuff in Florida and it hasn't gotten bad yet, yet. But like stuff's not making its way to Florida like it used to or making its way around once it's in Florida. So the first couple of sets of grocery stores have started to look pretty bare. And if it's not a company that has their own set of truckers for everything, like I'm sure Walmart's fine, but other stuff, it's not, yeah. gonna, it's not going to be going well. And I am all for that because fuck Florida. I haven't paid attention because I know election season has started. Uh, or but, 2024 or well something in iowa and all that shit that kind of stuff mm. the primaries i just saw the 2023 stuff is happening because there were some mayor's elections last night and a few things in various states but not like ohio had their election already there was just nothing in my area to vote on well, i just saw something about uh uh trump picks win over desantis or some shit and I'm like what the fuck are they talking about they back different people for the primary for governor Kentucky and then they're using that as a poll on who they like better yeah so yeah I mean all that bullshit's going on I honestly don't understand how people think this is benefiting them because they're fucking stupid there is that. I mean, anytime you're unsure of why something happened, go, are they fucking stupid? <laughs> and the answer is always yes. And then you're like, oh, that makes sense. 
pretty much. Like, I don't, I don't understand how there's so much stuff that people are like, well, that can't happen. It's like, yeah. Anytime you think something can't happen, just realize a lot of stupid people probably going to happen. More than likely going to happen. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things where everything is garbage. What are you going to do? Everything is fucked. Everybody sucks. Yep. So, to allow us to be your escape <laughs> from the troubles of the world. Hey, That's what we're here for, that? folks. Yeah. We yeah. bring levity put a, into put your... Put a we, smile back on your yeah, face. I mean... Realizing it's all hopeless, you may as well laugh. Embrace it. Yeah, embrace it. Fuck it. Embrace the insanity. I mean, the Joker seemed pretty happy. Yeah. He got yeah. along well. Yeah, he seemed to be a pretty well-adjusted human. I've been so busy at work, I'm listening to audiobooks that I can bring up on uh, the, like, library's website thing, their yeah. app. And just, like, bring up an audiobook. I don't care if I've listened to it before. I'm like three books into the uh, Dresden Files, but I started on like book seven. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, yeah, oh, there's that one. Hit it and then just listen to it, you know? I'm like, what the fuck? Nice. Uh, you know, it's like, I know what's going to happen, but still, like, I'm listening to, I think, Changes today. Okay. Yeah. Good one. But, uh, great Deftone song. Okay. It's the only changes I know. I mean, there was the Bowie song. Okay, I forgot about that. Changes. I, I didn't like that song. I mean, I, it, it wasn't about whether you liked it or not. It had a bad ending, I know. I tried to forget that song existed. Yeah. Um, I actually came up with an idea for uh, a story. I had an idea for kind of an urban fantasy story before, but I got stuck on one element. I couldn't decide how this one family would be unique or special. What would make them stand out? And I came up with an idea. I'll share it after the podcast because I actually wanted to get Jeff's opinion of what he thought about it. Neat. It's something I haven't encountered before and stuff I've listened to or read or thought up before. The bad guy wins. I I always root for that. I think the bad guy should always win because they're the ones willing to do anything to get there. And it's usually the, the good guys are hamstrung by their need to be morally right. Something like that, yeah. I mean, in the world, the bad guys win too. Yeah. I... The trouble is, trouble is they don't know they're the bad guys. 
I don't know that I've taken that approach, but I mean, the, the bad guys make significant headway. Uh, and it's not because the good guys need to be morally right. The good guys are kind of fuck ups. Because that happens too. That happens too. They sound like but sometimes uh, the good guys are worried about. Well, if I if I do what I have to do to actually stop that guy, I'll go to jail. <laughs> Even if I do end up stopping that guy, Just I'll like get a... I'll go to jail or I'll get killed. Just sounds like a bad guy who hasn't realized he's ready to be the bad guy yet. Yeah, true, true. I mean, come on, take the take the leap. I mean, it's his story. Yeah. You're never the bad guy in your own story. Exactly. I'm aware. That's what I keep telling myself. Yeah. Everyone's the hero of their own story. I was mapping out what would no essentially... how many bodies they step over. I was mapping out what would essentially end up being a short story tacked on to the end of uh, a book. And as I started mapping it out, it it developed way more pieces and parts than I initially planned. And so I think the short story I was going to tack on to the end is actually the next book. Hmm. There you go. Which means I'm going to have to do, for the third time, I'm going to have to change the ending of this book. Until it's printed, it's just a book right yeah i mean not necessarily change it you're like nope new idea well we're going this way now and it, it ultimately it's not even really change it it's just pull some some of the stuff that happens out and put that in book three because everything that everything that that would have happened or gets referenced absolutely usable later i i am a pack rat like that i will hoard bits of text just chunks of it if i even begin to think i might have a use for it later um it's no different than me like stowing away a, a cool sketch i just did or something that i don't have a use for it right now but yeah it's basically a literal or liter literary sketch okay you, you know you're not wrong i i i have i 100% agree with that because i i will i will sometimes write out whole scenes and i'm like i don't know where i'm going to use that but i like it well i know in uh one of the like you know things i've watched or read or what where they talk about like how to how to get started writing a, a story idea and said so don't worry about starting at the beginning one of the like every list you ever come across in you know whoever's giving advice um one of the commonalities with all these lists is don't don't worry about where you start start with your inspiration get it written down and then write the next scene that, that you think. And then the connective tissue will be there once you get through those efforts. Some more. That's why I can oh. never write because I feel like I always need to start at the beginning of something or work 
in a linear fashion and my brain won't work without that so yeah my my problem is i try to i try to plan it out too much and the strip has taught me no you're better when you don't make a plan right you're you're better off winging it um i do an outline and uh but i i don't ever feel beholden to the outline if uh if if i'm going and it's like oh this is not what i had planned but it feels like it's going to be so much better that's what we go with yeah i you always come back to a lot of the stuff like you just said yeah I, I will write out like the broad like this is the general idea of the world i mean like the harry potter broad idea orphan kid learns he's a wizard who survived a bad guy's attack an attack that should have killed anyone there you go i come up with that and then i start to make all the branches and usually in that effort i find a branch i find more interesting than the initial thoughts then <laughs> i start on that one and then again a branch that's more interesting and a branch that's more interesting and i, and I totally forget six steps you know post uh the original idea. So I, I've said before, I think my dream job would just be sitting in a room with a uh, tape recorder where I can just record ideas and put the little mini cassette in a, in one of those mail shoots and it shoots off to someone who <laughs> listens to it and finishes it. <laughs> I'll yeah. just give you I'll give you a bunch of plot ideas. Have fun. I don't care where you put these. I don't care if they all go into the same thing or they're like 17 different stories. Just have fun. Just pay me a pay me a freaking, you know, a good wage and let me sit there and just dream up shit. That's exactly what Robert Patterson does. He gets a ghostwriter. I know. And that dude is freaking loaded. He puts out like 3 bucks a year, if not more. Yeah, I remember watching an interview with him, and in the interview, he's negotiating. He's getting like a call, or, or somebody gets a he gets a letter or something, and and he goes, "Yeah, I I got a contract to write eleven, eleven books, or eleven books in the next you know, uh, three years." And she goes, "Oh my god!" And he goes, oh, "That's no big deal. I got seven upstairs. I got seven seven ideas now." Basically, they're paying me for things I've already thought up. I just need to, you know, go through the motions and actually do it. You need to find some grad student to write it. Yeah. Pretty much. That feels like um, the kind of exposure that would be a decent beginning to a career, though. You'd think so, but it's like... Your, yeah, but your nobody name... Nobody ever goes, oh, who was James Patterson's ghostwriter on this one? Because their name's not on the book. That and honestly, he the, his his novels are so sparse details. Right. It's there because there's he no cannot have a writing style because yeah, there yeah you cannot 
cannot do that job if you have character to your story. You you have to basically be. They're all outlines. They're all just simple. Yeah, it's just fluffed up outlines. And it's, I mean, it's amazing. And it seems like they make halfway decent screenplays because then the actor can actually act and put right. some depth to the character. But right. uh, that's you know, what you want when you're writing a script is just here's a really good outline. Here, here's the outline. Here's the emotion I want this guy to feel here. Show me that emotion. That's why the majority of the Stephen King movies that end up being good are the short stories. Right. Because he's left out all the he's like, got fantastic in their head ideas, stuff. And the more he tries to expand on them, the little farther and outfield it gets. Well, not just that, but like, you know, when you're trying to tackle it or the stand, there's hundreds upon hundreds of pages. You know, with Shawshank Redemption, I think that was like a 110 page short story. Oh, Ooh. it wasn't even that. Well, I actually I watched uh, uh, the It Part Two. I actually watched it this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I've, I watched the first part and loved it. And I think the thing I liked about it was the actors that played all the kids. Yep. And I just couldn't bring myself to start again with the adults. And then I saw a clip of it and there's a, there's a shit ton of flashbacks. So I'm like, Oh, the kids are still in this. Okay. And then I really liked Bill Hader's character and James McAvoy was pretty decent too. So it wasn't as repulsed or turned off or whatever by, by the change of characters or change of actors, I guess. Because it just unsettles me. I don't know. It just, I get used to somebody, you know, in this character. And then when it changes like that, it usually just turns me around. Okay. I but no, I, I liked it. I, I, I really yeah. did. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I know. I don't remember. I don't remember from the TV movie. I thought all the kids survived. Ooh. In the TV movie, they did. Well, I mean, technically, I know the one guy kills himself before he even comes. Yeah, everybody who makes it. Everybody makes it to adulthood. Not everybody makes it through the adult encounter. Yeah. Okay, so I didn't remember who died, and I thought in the TV movie, uh, the one guy ended up like riding down the hill on his bike with the girl to like snap her out of the catatonic state or something. Yep, and that wasn't part of the movie. Nope, but I didn't miss it. It was fine. I liked their little solo quest to find their talisman thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember that part of the part of the TV movie, but I like that how they each had to like basically remember. Yep, which was which was cool. So, well, I, that's the other thing. Like, he's got a lot of stuff in there that was kind of like you could pick this story or this story, but you don't need both when you're making a movie. So, they could use the opposite one, and it's still a good 
movie with just different choices of scenes. So it's not really yeah. cut. The new movie is slightly more true to the book, I guess is the best way to put it. I mean, it doesn't make it better. It just depends. Like if the change they made was better, then cool. Yeah. I prefer the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, not the Johnny Depp terrible movie. But technically that's closer. I didn't hate the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp. Like, I'm not saying I think it was great, but I'm not saying I hated it. It's like they added the wrong kind of whimsy. (laughs) Okay. They they added the everyone's stoned whimsy rather than the not even the child's wonders wonder whimsy no those are the same those are the ones you want it's the like oh we're gonna make this weird and sterile in this scene for just the weirdness of it and like not the quirky weirdness just the oh man this guy probably has like a psychological disorder because he's doing really weird stuff yeah and like i prefer the you know crazy uncle going out of his mind but he's still a guy that owns a chocolate factory and can run it day to day as opposed to just absolutely I'm Johnny Depp I'm on mushrooms 24-7 let's go punt a Oompa Loompa like wait there's Oompa Loompa punting I'm missing out Oompa Loompa is all the same played by the exact same person they just yeah it is made it like duplicated them and it's, i did not like that's that weird as a choice so that was already that way and then just the weirdness of johnny depp was not the right kind of weirdness in that one and it didn't make it fun it just made it weird i will say that the oompa loompa thing was very unsettling yeah i mean the actor was kind of funny but like yeah I feel like they just didn't want to hire a bunch of actors and were like, you know what? CGI, it's easier. It was a definite stylistic choice. Yeah. Was it, though? It was Tim Burton. This is exactly what Tim Burton would do. And that's why his movies are basically 50-50 on whether everybody's going to like them or not. I feel like he's been not doing fantastic lately. Well, we didn't see the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie last weekend, though. How was it? I mean, I liked it. It was everything you would expect for a video game movie like that. Like, they made it goofy. It was, it's like all the other stuff that, like, um, it was like Illumination, I think. The, People that did okay. the, the minions and stuff. Sure. Um, so it was that same style of like kind of weird, kind of fun stuff that's going on and a couple over top characters, but like nobody's taking it super serious. Yeah. Like I know Jack Black is just going crazy as Bowser and it's fantastic. I know John Leguizamo is super not happy about that movie. That they weren't actually Italian. That that it was essentially just whitewashed. Um. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It it was. It's 
But like when I'm listening to it, it didn't bother me. It didn't. It wasn't like oh, these voices are weird, and it wasn't like they went overly overly Italian. Like they did a couple of times just as a joke, where yeah. they would do the, you know the waving hands Italian trope. But like it it wasn't a bunch, and it wasn't like oh, Chris Pratt just does a bad Italian voice the whole time. Yeah, they just went with a more neutral voice. Okay. But I yeah, guess I mean for what you would expect of that movie, that's exactly what you want it to be, and you could watch it a couple of times and not be sad. I guess I don't understand why we're up in arms about Italian plumbers from a Japanese game company being voiced by just who the fuck ever. Right. How dare you bring reason into this, sir? <laughs> Uh, uh, For once, I'm not the one that said it. Thank God. He was named after the landlord of the people that were written to the game designers at the time. So, yeah, it's all sorts of weird. But I mean, like, they have, you know, Donkey Kong and stuff in there and, like, the whole Donkey Kong world and they take their go-karts on Rainbow Road. Like, you can tell everything is like pay a tribute to some version of the Mario games like Mario Maker was in there um there's like Zelda jokes in the background it's okay just those types of jokes the entire movie you'd have to watch it a couple of times just to catch them all but like sweet literally just people in the background in passing talking about certain things from Zelda and you barely catch it because you're watching what else is going on but like they did a lot of that and they did that well. So it's, cool. I don't know. Anything, anything Illumination Studios puts out has generally been at least entertaining and rewatchable. Like and that's, that's been good. That's really my bar. Yeah. Did I have a, did I spend X amount of time watching a movie and come away with some sort of happiness because of it? Yeah, like I miss when our kids used to like movies so much, like those types of things, and watch them over and over. It's yeah. like fucking YouTube. But, like, hey, yeah. Don't go, some of those. don't go shitting on the YouTube. Yeah, yeah that's more of a Pornhub activity. Stuff. <laughs> They're what? I don't know. That's more of a Pornhub activity, really. I don't okay. think any of us were going in that direction, but... Um, yeah, but there should be more movies like that and less movies where everybody's so concerned that like, oh my God, is this a brand new and original show and is it just a rip off of something else? And what's the one thing I'm mad about that was in this movie that right caused all the outrage? Like, I agree. Disney should really fucking stop making live action remakes of anything. <laughs> They are fucking garbage. But I don't care what decisions they make in there. I just want them to stop making them. You so, can go as crazy. You can do full trip live action Alice in Wonderland. I don't come care. Come up with a new fucking story. Stop yeah. redoing the same old shit. They have not been good. Like, part of the problem was I saw somebody actually had a list of the ones that were live action remakes. I forgot how many there were. Like, I watched the Lion King one because that was one of the earlier on ones. And then 
there have been so many of them that just kind of slipped past that I didn't even remember that they were. Or did you block them out? Well, like I knew Aladdin happened, but I never watched Aladdin. <laughs> and there's Aladdin, they're Beauty and the Beast, Mulan. Cinderella. Yeah, the Beauty and the Beast. Mulan Cinderella? came out. Mulan came out. Okay, it was yeah. one of those weird pandemic voids where I thought it came out, but I wasn't sure. Mulan um, wasn't awful. I I okay. would hes- I was hesitate to say that it was like a good movie, but I wouldn't say it was bad. But like, if it was that movie or literally anything else, are you like, oh man, I'm glad this movie got made over something different? Uh, no. Okay. And that's basically what it comes down to is nobody has any original ideas. They were just rebooting things and Disney's not even rebooting. They're just making live action remakes that nobody wants. Right. Like, I watched the... Well, that and the people that you go see it it's almost like they're going out of obligation because of their love of the original. Right. It's a lot of that. Like, oh, they'll come see it for nostalgia, but nostalgia is not going to make you watch it 37 times after you've come out on DVD type of thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's what makes more people fans of Disney. And yeah, kind of stopped doing that. Like there's been some Pixar movies that came out, but, I don't remember. They're doing a like Toy they, Story 5 is all you need to say. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? That's the problem. The way 4 ended, there's no need for any more. Fucking 3 was ample and they could have stopped there. And then yeah. they went on to 4 and I don't remember if 4 was good or not, but They're it was doing at that a, time where... A Toy Story kids... 5 and, and uh, something else, a fourth one. Yeah. I, don't I forget what the other one is, but I'm like, what the fuck? Like, Aren't I think four doing, came uh, out when there was a time where, like, our kids were watching a lot of that stuff. And I'm like, oh, good. I could probably use another one because we were watching, like, the Toy Story, like, Halloween episode on DVD, like, three times a week in the car. I was like, I need something else to come out. Aren't they doing uh, another Nemo movie? Probably. I think there. Uh, I think that might be it. There's a third Nemo. I don't know. We 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 got something at work about it. I mean, but I, I had seen it in the news. It isn't like a secret or anything. I watched the new Peter Pan on Disney Plus. Wendy uh, and Peter yeah. Pan and Wendy or what? Yeah, whatever they're calling it. Is it any good? No. Okay. <laughs> See? See and that? Keep blame it on, like, oh, while well, they're getting review bombed. It's like, mm, did you see all the, uh, did you see all the hate for the Netflix Cleopatra thing? Yeah, I don't get that either. I, yeah. well, I turned it on and through their introduction and stuff, and they're painting her up like this warrior. And I'm like, that's not fucking Cleopatra. And then I don't know. It just the way they were telling it, it was like a, uh, docu-drama kind of thing. You know, it was a four-part teller history, but in little segments where it, like, shows what she was doing. And I'm like, yeah, this is not what I want to watch. So I turned it off. And then the next day, um, I log into my, you know, timesheet thing at work, and then I flip over to YouTube to close it so I don't have to log out of it. 
And uh, the, one of the first things is uh, Cleopatra, 2% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Well, like, I, I mean, think, half the people are bad because they made her black. Half the people yeah. are mad because they made her a warrior. Half the people, you know, it's like, you know, how many halves of people are there? But uh, I, I was I, I was waiting to see there's how some that... overlap there. OK. <laughs> I mean, I knew that'd be the first thing you jumped on. Jeff. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, alternatively, you could have just gone with other hands. Yeah. I believe she was probably black, though, right? Well, kind of a probably Their a Middle Eastern black, became more uh, Europey. Like, did she? Didn't she come from like the region? No, she's, no, she she was Egyptian. Yeah, but she married uh, Mark Anthony, and yeah, Mark Anthony had a. Uh, Affairs oh, with were, him and Caesar cool. and you know, all kinds okay. of shit. She she was she was more of a uh, seductress politician, you know, leader of man kind of thing, rather than a battlefield warrior. Yeah, at least yeah. in all the stories I've ever seen of her, I don't know. Do they really have this much information about her no, that they, they literally have like can one definitively say and a couple of things that have her name on it. Yeah, and they have some, like, you know, statues and stuff to kind of depict what she looked like. I mean, she did shag Mark Antony. She was married to him. That was that was history. Mm -hmm. Right. That was the part where the Romans came in. That's where I yeah. think they were part of the story. I forgot where. Yeah, yeah she defied Rome and uh, Roman rule and basically won the heart of you know, yeah um, king so oh and i watched the uh i think it was uh amazon prime the uh air oh, the story the story of uh nike signing michael jordan oh, how was that i thought it was pretty cool i i really liked it uh it's it's fun to you know just like you know they they, you know this works out. How how do they get there? Come on, like see it. But I didn't realize all the changes that deal brought to the industry. Yeah. yeah. His, I feel like it's one of those things where you kind of knew it was like a huge deal. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, if I knew I never, it never digested, you know, but yeah. It was pretty good. Uh aside from Ben Affleck's character, he plays uh Philip Knight, the Sure. Founder, sure. the founder of Nike, and he's just a weird, toxic kind of guy. <laughs> and I feel bad for Ben Affleck because that character was just so weird. But the rest of it, uh, um, Matt Damon, Jason Bateman, all, all the characters are, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looked like it was going to be a good one. So it wasn't. It was, it was pretty well put together. I mean, I don't know how accurate it was, but uh, yeah, Viola, Dale, Viola Davis plays uh, Michael Jackson's mom. Jordan. Or Michael, Michael Jordan's mom, sorry. Uh, and I did like the way they dealt with the character of Michael Jordan. He's always kind of like with his back to you, or he's the third person, 
and the camera starts to turn before he's in frame. So they don't have to worry about finding someone who looks like Michael Jordan. They just, you know, cast these other characters. Because it's really between Nike and his parents. Yeah. You know, it wasn't wasn't them talking to him until they got him in the room. The whole point of the movie is they're talking about all the stuff that happened around it. Like, obviously, he is the guy, but... Like, it's just funny that every time the guy is in the picture, they're like, nope, this isn't about you, guy. Yeah, it was neat to see um, the uh, little, like, so-and-so went on to. So, you know, at the end, during the credits and stuff. uh, Air Jordan has made Michael Michael Jordan over his career over $400 Just in royalties off that shoe. Yep. And then they started playing some of the old uh, commercials and stuff. Like, if I could be like Mike. And I'm like, fuck, I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, so that was was pretty good. I liked it. I mean, put your name on a shoe by a fucking basketball team. Yeah. Oh, one of the the thing... uh, I didn't realize it, and, I, and as I'm watching it, I'm like, "Oh, they should just do this." And I didn't realize that's what they did, but uh, they wanted to put more color on the shoe. Yep, because the first like draft they do, it's just like the Nike swoosh is red, and there's a little red, but it's mostly white. And it's like, "Well, the NBA has a rule that it has to be this." So I'm like, "Just pay the fine, make it colorful," and that's what they end up having to do. They make it red and black and white, and it looks like a bull shoe. And it the other the Adidas and the Converse, you know, they didn't they didn't need him that much, so they didn't risk that much. But but you know, if they had it to do over again, oh, I'm sure. And it's funny, five year contract, two hundred fifty thousand a year. I'm yeah. like, that's it. Yeah, and that was their entire budget, and they were going to sign three NBA players. Instead, they signed one. Instead, they signed one for their entire budget, which was uh, an eighth of what one would get for a signing bonus nowadays. Yeah. So yeah, just weird. How much? How much that game? Ha- I mean, how much it ch- has changed? Nike was a running shoe. People wore running shoes to walk, to jog, to every day, and that's what they—that's their market. But Nike was the number three shoe company yep. at the time. Also, people weren't like buying a bunch of pairs of shoes to collect. Right. People were just buying shoes to wear, and then when they got wore out, you bought more. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, I'm going to buy three of these and two of these just because they're the new cool kind. And yeah. Like, they, I they won't made lie. that cool and made it brand new every year, so you had to buy it even I, though it was still working. The whole time I'm watching it, I was thinking of your son, Chad. Oh, I bet. I won't lie. I am, I am by no means what you would consider a sneakerhead. But there are a pair of Jordans that came out while I was in high school. 
I would definitely buy a pair now to wear. I love them that much. I just, I just love the, um, like into the Spider Verse, the shoe he's wearing. Even though it doesn't have a Nike swoosh, it's so Air Jordans. It's clearly it, Jordan. Yeah, they're absolutely. I mean, you don't need anything, right? You know, and and I remember that original Air Jordan. It was Air Jordan. It had the wings. Yep. And then through, like the next round or the next year or the next, you know product change or what they came up with that silhouette of him you know jumping but that was from the slam dunk contest yeah yeah it's uh, yeah, it was, it, was yeah. A, it was a really good show I, I really enjoyed it i will have to check it out and then i was watching just before we uh yeah, started here or what was it at it's on amazon okay I was watching before we started tonight. Uh, Netflix has a pirate series. Okay, it's basically like the history of pirate, like where where the pirates of the Caribbean, you know, what brought them about, what you know, the Spanish English War and privateers. Basically, the English the English couldn't afford a navy to challenge the Spanish, so they just basically promoted privateers to challenge the Spanish Navy. And then once the war was won, the privateers just kept going. Well, because so. England was like, oh, you're done. We're done. Yeah, yeah. Stop doing that now. And they're like, fuck you. <laughs> and then they started to target English they ships. And then England. Yeah. Then they started targeting English ships for piracy, you know, the slave trade and everything in England's like, wait, what, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So, but that looks, that looks pretty decent. It kind of, it's more of a docudrama kind of historical drama thing. Yeah. But the it's pretty like interesting. 16, 1700. Is that? 17, 1700. It's far back. Like, I mean, 1717 to 17, you know, fifties kind of thing. There were, there were pirates well before that though. Oh, I meant the, the the setting of this particular story, like the, where they're focusing on. Yeah, but most of the pirates were gone by like the Revolutionary War. But it was uh, sounds um, like Golden Age. Uh, I don't know if I would say they were mostly gone by then, but it was definitely on the decline. Yeah, it, it's more of a question. I wasn't sure, like William Thatch and all those guys. You know, Blackbeard. Uh, yeah, that was golden age. Yeah. When they're sinking Spanish treasure ships and attacking English slave merchants and everything. Yeah. All those, and having all those good times down in Jamaica. Yeah. Jamaica and Nassau and yeah. So it's pretty interesting. I'll have to check it out. I like me some pirates. Yeah. As long as it's not in a card game where one of my friends' girlfriends just utterly destroys me every time I play. Yeah. I like well, pirates. That can't happen because I don't have a girlfriend. 
I I only have I only have the ex girlfriend. Well, yes, but at the time it was your girlfriend. No, I. Well, oh no, I'm a different ex girlfriend. Although Nicole keeps telling me to stop calling her that. Who's that? Um, she told me to stop calling her my ex girlfriend. She said that's not cool. Oh no, you can go one step further because the one guy I follow on Twitter does this. He's like, yeah, my ex girlfriend's kid. <laughs> oh my god. So I actually almost did the other day and I, I've been waiting for the time to do this, like where it's just like her and I, and, and we're maybe like, maybe we've had a moment or something and I'm just going to be like, you know, I've been thinking I'm going to tell the kids they can start calling me dad if they want. <laughs> I, wow. I, okay. I got something really horrible to say and I don't know if I want to say it on the podcast, but I'll, I'll save it. I'll if save Ray's it. question it, you just need to hit the end button. <laughs> I mean, wow. I get that. Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck. We're like an hour and 50 in anyway. So, yeah, we've been uh, two fools. I don't know what the fuck. We'll be back at some point. Uh, don't be dicks. <laughs>